from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I'm happy we're getting back into Clanlands. Me too. Even though it's <laughs> even though it's wrapping up, it's the end. You know, it's it feels funny. I didn't even register it that it was nearing the end until they started saying, "Yeah, we're heading to the rap party." Like, yeah. Like we're, everyone's going to meet there, and we're going to have time. yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to be there. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to have some fun, some whiskey, and that's going to be the end of it. Yeah, and I feel like I need a dram. You I know, know, we went on this adventure with them. A big from adventure. the comfort of our own home. And the funny thing is, we've been actually talking about Clan Lance now since early, since late December. It's crazy. I went back and looked at all the different dates that we've been doing this for, and people read this book in an afternoon, and they're like, Mary and Blake took four. Ever <laughs> to get through this book? Well, yes, yes, but there was some there was some mitigating circumstances. Like and we, the show came exactly. And we we covered the show, you know, right on time as it happened. You know, and you know what's fun is that like when you do a book analysis like this, that isn't like, oh my god. We need like to move forward. You can really right. just savor things and have fun together. So I hope that it has been a joyful experience for you all. Um, before we get into the rest of the show, though, we wanted to remind you that you can actually subscribe to this podcast and to all of our other podcasts that we cover. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all by searching Mary and Blake, because we don't just cover Outlander. No, we cover a lot of different stuff. In, in, in fact, as a, matter right, as a matter of fact, right now, we're covering uh, all of the shows that the MCU is putting out on Disney Plus with the show called The MCU Diaries. Mary has her Bridgerton book club. And, and if you, yeah, Earthland. if you're new to Bridgerton, yes. you could actually check out that podcast. Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. Um, we cover Harry Potter and the Potterverse, where it, once again it's a chapter by chapter. That one is a bit more consistent than Clanlands. We promise yes. it is week by week. Um, but we really cover a lot of things. So you know, we want to remind you to head on over to maryandblake.com, see everything that we cover. I I assure you that there's probably something that we cover that you like in addition <laughs> to Outlander and Clanlands. And of course, if this has brought you joy, we want to thank you. And you can contribute at jointhenerdclan.com, or as little as two dollars a month. You can become an official Nerd Clan member, get great benefits like bonus episodes, the premium podcast, such as Keep Calm and Crown On, based upon the Crown on Netflix, um, and of course, you know, our book clubs that we were talking about. So many great things. Uh, we do want to also remind you that we have a complimentary texting service. If you are a fan of Outlander, which obviously you are because you're on this podcast, we want to make sure that you get a text if we ever decide to go live and we want you to join us on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. You can just simply text the phone number 81010 and then in the message field, the at symbol OutlanderCast. If you're outside of the U.S., just go to remind.com slash join slash OutlanderCast. Right now, let's get into the show. All right, Blake. 
So, chapter 14. Here we are. The Great Escape. The Great Escape. Mary, that reminds me. Have you ever seen The Great Escape? No. You've never seen What is the it Great... about? It, oh, you know what? It's not even worth talking about right now because it's it's just one day we will watch The Great Escape. Okay. And... I mean, what is it about? Because maybe I have seen it. It's about World War II and... No. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> we will... <laughs> one day we will watch The Great Escape. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Something that's caught in my throat as we're talking here, uh, oh, and and that'll that'll be that. And what they're referencing, uh, at least in this portion of the chapter, is a title of the movie The Great Escape, where the big sequence is Steve McQueen driving the motorcycle over the over the uh, over the wall. And ne- never mind. Don't don't worry about it. It is for all you uh, Great Escape nerds uh, out there. Yeah, that is that is. They what care. It is. One day I'll watch it. (laughs) So um, here we are in chapter 14, gearing up for really... The end. The end. Yes. Oh, McTavish is dead, and his brother don't know it. His brother is dead, and McTavish don't know it. They're both of them dead, and they're in the same bed, and neither one knows that the other is dead. Oh, so cute. I mean, not at all cute. Especially, that's true, especially at the end of the chapter when you recognize that Graham almost dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do love the beginning quote. Life's journey is not to arrive at the grave safely in a well-preserved body, but rather to skid in sideways, totally worn out, shouting, holy shh, what a ride. Yes, totally. That agree. was fun. And I would imagine that if Graham did buy the big one, as he is suppo- as he is suppo- like close to doing at the end of this chapter, yep. this ride with Sam Hewen <laughs> would be that moment when he skids in saying that was... That was real. That was a ride. That happened. That definitely happened. So, Mary, your GBG for... This chapter, fourteen, chapter fourteen, Great, the great escape. escape. Okay, my good is I'm so glad that Graham is alive. Oh, I mean, obviously we knew he was writing the book and everything, but this was not an aspect covered in the show. This near death experience, um, and I'm thankful because that probably would have scared me half to death. And that actually is my bad. Is that Graham really almost got hurt? Yeah. Like, motorcycles are no joke. Uh, Blake rides a motorcycle. I'm scared many of the times that I'm on it. Um, <laughs> but really, just being in any kind of a motor vehicle is, you're taking your life into your own hands. And yes. this was daunting. I would not be surprised if he has nightmares. So that's my bad. It's just that I feel bad for him that it was so scary. And my great was the feud that is still going on over Rob Roy's place of department yeah. of, of uh, what would you call it? Just like his grave, but like what's like a fancy way of saying it? Like his final resting place. There yeah, we sure. go. There That's a go. nice one. Yeah. Okay, thanks. How about you, Blake? Uh, for me, uh, the good is a tie. Uh, the McLaren and the McGregor representatives are you know, when we watch the show, you got a great sense of the tension that exists between them, mm-hmm. you know, especially as they're giving the final toast. And, you know, the, the McGregor guy's like, he, he has to give that final little jab. Yeah, it's that's where Rob Roy is. And they, yeah. they toast like, you know, we didn't get as much of that argument as we did in the show. But there is this underlying tension that does feel more ever present mm-hmm. in the book. It You can just tell that they're. There, they, even Sam says it in the book here. There's just a thin veneer of politeness, uh, and I just love Mary and I talk a lot about Grudge Blake. <laughs> Grudge Blake is not a good Blake, uh, and uh, once you're dead to me, if I dead you, you are dead. Yep. That is it. I, I hit that button, you're gone. And Grudge Blake is a is a big part of that, and. 
all I kept thinking of as I'm reading this is Grudge Blake. <laughs> Just yes, because this, Grudge, this... Grudge Blake will hold one for years and years and years. I'm surprised you're not Scottish, honestly. I, I know, I know. We it's... do need to do like a DNA thing on you. I, we should, actually. Because I bet you We should is. do. You know what we should do is we what? should do the DNA thing okay. and then do it live. Okay. Like do it like it's like almost like an unboxing, but unboxing Blake's unboxing heritage. Unboxing your DNA. <laughs> oh, I like this a lot. I think that's a good idea. Maybe we'll do that for the uh, for the members that join the nerdclan.com. Okay. So if you want to if you if you want that, let us know. And uh, you know what? Just type us a, a message. Just put it in any of the social medias that we have. Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook whatever, Twitter, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. Send just us a message. S- send us a message or put it in, in the comment, just put unboxing. That's all I want you to do, and it, it will freak everybody out. And, but but we'll all understand what it is, and that'll be that. Uh, but the other tie part of it for me is actually getting the history about Rob Roy. Uh, and again, we we got a slight bit of this in the show, but in the book we got a little bit more of oh, something yeah. we can dig our teeth into for that. For I mean, I'm going to say character, but it's it's he's not it's a real life person. But you know, we get something a little bit more we can dig ourselves into for that person. Because you know, it's funny. Is in the show we talked about how there were many moments where the people who were there, like the musicians or the graveyard lady, like they just felt so awkwardly staged. Yes. But when we got to meet these two gentlemen, you felt awkward, but you're like. This isn't like a staged. No, this is a real thing. They really have beef. (laughs) And they've had beef for so long, they don't even know why they have beef anymore. I mean, it's essentially like a diehard Red Sox fan and a diehard Yankees fan having to meet Sam and Graham and being like, baseball's great, but you want to know who plays the best baseball? We do. No, we do. (laughs) No, we do. That's really, that's like putting it in. American perspective. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. And for all you Yankees fans out there. Stop. Watch your mouth, Blake. <laughs> Yankees suck. That's okay. I'm sorry. I didn't say anything. It's all right. It's fine. Yankees suck. Okay. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> um, so, but my bad for me is uh, Graham uh, getting in that sidecar. Yeah. Dude, and almost dying, almost buying the farm. No way. <sighs> that, that, no, nope. Wouldn't have done it. I'm a six foot four big man. There is zero point zero chance of me getting in a sidecar. Never mind the fact that somebody else is driving, but me fitting into that sidecar ain't gonna happen. Yeah, you made me go in the sidecar when we went on Hagrid's motorcycle ride. No, I didn't. I I was going oh, to go in the sidecar. They yeah, told me, me I had to. They told me that I was too big, so I couldn't go in. So I was had... so mad because so Blake rides a motorcycle. Yep. I don't ride in a sidecar. I just sit on the back. I do have my own seat. It's yes. like a, for people who don't know, it's like a Harley. It's not a Harley at all. Don't you but, dare. Don't no, I'm you just dare. saying so people can visualize it. <laughs> we, it's call it that, a, we call it a cruiser style. Okay, it's a cruiser style bike. So I do have my own structured seat, all this kind of stuff. But I don't get to ever really drive, nor do I want to. <laughs> but when we went to Universal Studios and we were going on the Hagrid ride, I was like, I want to actually be in pretend control you know how he does on the handlebar and blake can be in the sidecar and i also just thought it'd be a hysterical picture yeah it would have been giant blake in the sidecar (laughs) he wouldn't fit because he's so giant couldn't fit (laughs) they they were like yeah dude no don't even bother and (laughs) for anyone who wonders i guess the experience sitting on the bike is much better than the sidecar is it really yeah you blake were like that was so cool i felt like i was actually driving it and i was like oh (laughs) must have been nice well next time we go we uh we won't we will let you drive 
And, we'll, and I'll, just, I'll, I'll try to find a way to lose a little bit more weight. No, maybe. it's because you were so tall. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Your legs wouldn't fit. Maybe if I'm if I'm so skinny, they'll fit underneath somehow. You'll be so skinny that you'll be like Captain Americanized. That yes. you'll just like pre Captain America. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's. Oh, I get my great. Okay. My great. My great is Graham quoting Roy Batty in Blade Runner: "Time to die." Oh yes, Rutger Hauer and, and Blade Runner and I know, Mary. I don't think you've ever seen Blade Runner, have you? Nope. You didn't see the sequel to it yet, did you? Either that nope. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That is something that we're going to have to do. Oh my god! That is like that's more than the Great Escape. Whatever, who cares? Okay. Blade Runner is an absolute must, and I was so happy that Graham, my spirit animal, my animagus, my Patronus, he is quoting quoting Blade Runner. I was just so happy about that. Uh, Mary, where do you want to start for this chapter? Uh, now that we got our GBGs out of the way, what do you what do you think is uh, what stands out to you most about this chapter? Okay, so I will be honest. I listened to this chapter. For yep. those of you who've been following along, I've been reading the book while listening to the audiobook. Fantastic experience. I just listened to this as an audio version. I gotta tell you, I got a little whiplash. I was here. I was there. I was everywhere. But every place we went was quite memorable. So we start off. With uh, the guy who has a bajillion castles, and we go to one of his castles, and some guys there with like a machine gun. What's going no, on? No, not just a machine gun, Marvin. An APC. I don't even know what this An means. Ahmed personnel carrier. Like, it's a lightweight tank. Okay. Like, is this allowed in Scotland? I mean, <laughs> so oftentimes when people talk about guns, or tigers, or whatever, like weird stuff that people have. I'm like, oh, it's because it's America. Oh, you mean Tiger King? No, no people like straight up have really bad, crazy animals in America. No, I know. I and know. that's what I'm saying. Is that like when people say, oh, there's this crazy thing, I'm like, they're probably in America because, or the United States, like, because they just do weird things like that here sometimes. Like, but I didn't know that people could do that kind of stuff in Scotland. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose an APC is is nothing more than... Just a tank? Did it have, like, a gun on it? Yeah, it had a 50... 50, uh, 50. Was there ammo in it, or was it just for show? Well, I would imagine that there's probably ammo for it. What are the gun laws in the UK? That's a good point. Because here's what I'm thinking. Like, people left England being like... You know, it needs to be one of the first rules in the United States of America, the right to bear arms, because we've got issues with that where we've been coming from. <laughs> Did you ever? So Scotland was like ripped to shreds by England. Yes. You know, like forget guns. Like you can't even wear your kilts. Like what? <laughs> and now this guy gets, I mean, obviously things have changed over time, but I just don't understand how this is like allowed. Did you ever see the Family Guy episode no. where no. It, it flashes back to the the forefathers sitting around and like, yeah, the right to bear arms. I don't see how this could be like, misconstrued at all. And all they see is a wall full of bear arms <laughs> hanging from the wall and everyone deserves a right to have bear arms. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. That is quite funny. That makes me laugh thinking about that. Yeah, I don't know what the gun laws are in Scotland or how this guy is allowed to have an armored personnel carrier. It didn't sound like they had a fun time there. No, it feels like they were... Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. I mean, it didn't show up in the show, probably because they were like, that guy was freaky. We're going to scare all the viewers out. Right. 
Like, let's never I, go back there. I suppose if you're, I mean, what they alluded to in this, or at least, you know, they kind of sussed out was that these are all kind of mercenaries. And you could, I guess, argue that it's a private company, a private security company that helps look over the this castle, these castles. Uh, and if that's the case, I bet you they could probably argue that an APC is part of their mandate as a private security force, that they need that for control. But th- the fact of the matter is that ultimately these guys are running around with a, a, a mini army. And no, not like shooting APC. pheasants. No, like they're there to make sure that people don't mess around. In their castle. In their castle. Like, no. I mean, whatever. Nobody's coming. Like, we're not even going to show this in the show because you're creepy and we don't want anyone to show up. Yeah. Uh, Bye. But, but I, come, what was born out of this, for me at least, was a real interest in Black uh, Duncan or whatever his name was. The one who had eight castles? Yeah, Black Duncan of the Seven Castles. He he got over 423,000 or 400,000 acres worth of land. You know what he was? A Monopoly champion. Oh, dude. That guy was all... He probably invented Monopoly. <laughs> He's like, patience? I've got patience. Yep. Probably, he maybe was a time traveler. Because how the heck did he live so long? He knew to eat, like, greenery. Sure. He knew to brush his teeth. Yep. I, we don't know this for sure. But if you live yeah, that you long, figure, you, figure like, you, you gotta did. have some healthy habits. Yeah, absolutely. He must have stepped through stones. He was a time traveler. Yeah. Don't totally. That's what it was. He d- he took some Flintstone vitamins with him, <laughs> a lifetime supply. And we have him like you know essentially setting up boardwalk and just running all this four hundred thousand acres of land. Yeah, like he literally had like an entire street on Monopoly, an entire side, all with hotels. Yeah, he doesn't do the houses. No, he, no. no he don't do that. He no. just he I'm does literally gonna hotels. rip your soul out if you land anywhere on this street. You better roll a twelve. <laughs> And then we pick up from there uh, after the uh, after understanding all of the uh, real estate deals, <laughs> what it comes Basically. down to, uh, with the real estate deals. And then we get into the uh, McLaren and McGregor um, feud with uh, between the two and how Rob Roy is apparently buried at this church, but maybe not. And- how does this like get mixed up and how is this not found out? Don't they have like I think about the um, the thing they use when they see the raptor in the original Jurassic Park? Oh yeah, welcome to Jurassic Park. Okay, and they boom, boom. This was in the nineties, guys. Boom, <laughs> Velociraptor. <laughs> Get the machine that Doctor Grant uses. Boom, bit. Yeah. Is there a body down there? If there's not even a body. Then you know it's solved. Then you know nothing. If there is a body, okay, you know, we got a little bit more to work on. I do of. feel like this is something boom that th- there should <laughs> boom fit. There this there should be a TV special on this. Like the like, guys from Oak Island. Like Oak Island guys Rick should and go Marty. There. Rick and Marty Lagina. They should wa- they should take a boat. I don't want them to desecrate it. I no, don't no, want no. them to like dig it up. That's stuff that they do in Rhode Island when they're looking at vampires. Yes. Search that. <laughs> oh, mercy Vampire Brown. captain capital of the, of uh, the states. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, they should go over there and they should figure it out. Use the Jurassic Park boomf. Yeah, the, the boomf it and, the, and you're good. 
and, and you're done. Seriously, like if there's no body, there's your answer. Easy. But there's got to be a body there. Like the, the 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 lore of it has to come from somewhere. There has to be a bit like, of truth it's there. Scotland. That's okay? true. That that is they true. make ish up all the time. <laughs> and how about Rob Roy just being like, yeah, if you don't mess, if you mess around with me, I'm just gonna st- steal all your sheep. And like <laughs> he got, he, he, he was. What uh, clan was he from? The McGregor clan. I don't know if I'm allowed to play with them either. Oh, I don't know. But some people called someone called him a, someone called him Sheep Robbie, and word got back to Rob, and that very night, Sheehan's entire herd disappeared. Sometimes as many as three hundred and fifty head of cattle would just disappear. Bye. Imagine that hamburgers for days. <laughs> hey, McGregor's, open up your freezers. Oh my gosh! Uh, and then how clan? What Campbell- do you do with that much meat? I mean, you must make stew, jerky. So much jerky. It's just got to be hanging. I mean, everybody, it's like, you're going keto, man. You don't have a choice. (laughs) You know what I'm out on? I'm out on jerky. Jerky is the worst. Like Slim Jims, out. Any kind of jerky, out. I don't have a problem with dried meat. Oh, God. I find it to be an excellent source of protein when you're like in the car and you're running a little snack or when you're climbing a mountain. I'd rather just get a protein bar. Like you're chewing There's on- There's so like, much fake like sugar in those things and stuff. But yeah, but like you're chewing this on is rubber. Meat. It's, no, it's not. It is rubber. You've eaten bad ones then. That, that's probably because they're all bad. No, they're not. <laughs> they're all bad. Um, and then how we have like Clan Campbell just- St- Them I'm stealing. not allowed to play with. You're definitely not allowed to play with the Campbells. I know that. Uh, and because they, what they do is they steal your land, you know? <laughs> and they have, no, they have no problem telling you that they're going to uh, They might still butter your nose on your birthday, though. You know, we still, we're, we should do that. We tomorrow? didn't do that for Reese. Tomorrow's my birthday. I know, tomorrow is your birthday. I might butt your nose tomorrow. Good luck. We I'll butt your nose, all right. Ew, play gross. <laughs> no thanks. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, then we get into uh, Sam. <laughs> Sam picking up the uh, the the stone and how he was really struggling to get the stone, but he got it up there. Graham was so proud of him. And Graham, you know, I just it's just so so great, so cute these two, and how Sam was making fun of uh, his, his skinny jeans and whatever. And uh, even Graham making fun of how, you know, at this place, you know, there was no uh, gift shop. There was no uh, place, we, you know, where they were selling kitschy stuff or Sassanac. These little digs <laughs> are just, they're so sweet because they're what you need. You, Blake Larson. Yes. The readers who are like, Sam Hewen would sell air if he, he would. could. Yes, like I would agree. He Maybe he could bottle up Scotland Air. And I got to tell you, in a flipping pandemic, when all I want to do is go to Scotland right now, I would buy Sam Heumann's Air. <laughs> just, <laughs> just open the bottle. Oh, it's, it's, uh, that's a precursor to, um, uh, uh, what's it called? I don't know. Spaceballs. Remember when they had the, the cans of air from Perrier and they would open it up and... Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> haven't watched that in a long oh time. Oh my god. Uh man, Spaceballs is is just genius. It's it's great filmmaking. Uh and then we have the part where we get to the motorcycle and this guy Big Tam, dude. I this guy must have the patience of like 
Mother Teresa. Yeah. I mean, going over and you know, kickstarting these motorcycles, it's no joke. No, it's no joke. I've had to do that, and like you're, you're sitting there pounding on it, pounding on it. It's not starting. It just makes me think of the lawnmowers of the eighties and nineties. Yeah, traditionally more eighties. Yeah, I the feel like ripcord ones. Yeah, and you yeah, just hear. Yeah. Rrr, 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 oh. You know, like sitting there. That used to be one of my favorite things as a kid. Sit there and just listen to the neighbors, totally not mowing their lawn. Right. Cursing, they kids nowadays don't know. They don't they know. Don't know. They don't the know what sound. it was like to mix the gas with the oil and put it all, put it in there. So you had to get the right mixture because if you didn't, I didn't you, know that. Oh man, that was that was brutal. That, those were for the old ones, for the old. Oh okay. Uh, for the old lawnmowers, those were that, that sucked. Now, now the new. But one, you're saying Tam? We'll yeah, go back Tam, to Tam. That guy going over there and having to get the phone call, being like, "Yeah, sorry, we stalled again. Yep, yeah, sorry, we stalled again. Yep, yeah, sorry, we stalled again." And he's just going, and he's he's walking over there. God knows what he's doing, like how far yep. they've gone. He's got to walk there, and he, maybe he, he likes he, to walk. He's got to kickstart this motorcycle. And in the meantime, after the after Sam is like, "Oh man, maybe, maybe we should stop," and then Graham's being like, "Oh." And they're going up the hills, and they're trying to give it gas. And yeah, the thing leaks. Don't worry about it. This girl, Michelle, Michelle Methvin, who is the producer, she don't suffer no fools. She's like, yeah, we're losing light. Hey, hurry up. Losing light. We got to get this done faster. Did you say she disappeared for a little while? What do you mean? In this chapter, I felt like someone disappeared and Michelle disappeared. And I didn't know if that meant that they went to go hook up. I, <laughs> I don't think so, Marvin. I don't. I don't think Something I got that at all. Happens. Maybe it was because it was the audiobook and I just like skipped a couple sentences in my brain. <laughs> um, these old bikes uh, driving these things. Yeah, again, no joke. How how these things operate? I would not want to. I, I love motorcycles, uh, but I would not want to ride one of these either. Nope. Like driving it itself, nope. or being in the uh, in the sidecar. But there is something that Sam said. That is very true, and it is not hyperbole. It is not something that's just there for the sake of being there. It's that when he said he, he said he got going, and he felt the cold air on his face, mm-hmm. and how that made him feel. And that coming from a motorcycle rider, ladies and gents, is one hundred percent true. That is, is as soon as you get going on like those cold mornings. You know, it's in the summertime or the spring. And it's like probably like 50 degrees and you get on the bike and you go or 60 degrees. You feel degrees. like Daenerys Targaryen? You absolutely do. Yeah. And uh, I, when I ride my bike, I have... Dracarys. Uh, I, have, uh, I have like little earbuds that I listen to music on or podcasts as I drive. And I'll put on like Game of Thrones. I've done that before and I I'm driving and I'm like, dude, I'm nailing this. I'm listening to the House Targaryen theme and we're good. We're feeling good about ourselves. Digging it. Um, and then, of course, Graham almost dies. Okay. Can you imagine that? N- yeah, because I watched The Incredibles and they talked at great <laughs> why you detail don't wear capes. about capes. You don't wear capes. <laughs> like, that's all I kept picturing except Graham McTavish in different superhero suits with a cape having cape fiascos. Yep. <laughs> just, I love that. Uh, that, that scene in. Uh, in, in the Incredibles is awesome, and when he gets sucked up into the oh shed, <laughs> we don't wear capes. <laughs> but yeah, this poor guy—he's just flapping along, trying to do the best that he can, and he's worrying about dying because he's in this—he's in this sidecar. Sidecar that and, in and of itself is scary. And, and then he gets his cape sucked up. I—I oh. 
Are you sad we didn't see this in the show? Like, I think I would have liked I to have I am seen this. sad. I feel like we saw enough of, like, raw, scared Graham. Yeah. And I feel like this was, like, way too real. Yeah. I, I don't know. I As was his fear of heights. We, but this is no joke. I mean, we, this... We definitely got... We definitely got a, a sanitized version of what happened with them. This is the, yeah, the behind the scenes. Like, yeah. you want to really know what happened when they went on that road trip? I tell you. Yeah, read the book. Graham actually became missing of that camper van. <laughs> um, and sorry, rookie mistake there. All right, I had my my phone not on silent. Um, so what was I saying? Um, yeah. Oh, and I just I love at the end. Sam writes, back at the hotel bar, the clan chiefs are sitting amicably together, sharing Graham's bottle of expensive French wine, and the crew begin to attack their supper of artisan sandwiches. I pour us all a dram and raise a toast one last time. To you all for your hard work, commitment, and faith in us. We didn't know if we would be able to do it. Everyone smiles, exhausted and glad of the warmth and the strong liquor, and to good friends, Graham says, through a mournful Mouthful of salmon, tartare, and dill. By the way, salmon tartare, out. Don't want anything tartare. The worst. It's not that bad. Raising of a glass of Montrachet. Even though he was nearly throttled, morale has soared with fine food and wine. To good friends, I reply. We share a smile and a sigh of relief. We had done it. And Graham had lived. Ah, man. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, so just little, little journeys, you know, and it was a fun way to kind of end. It's like, how do you recover after Culloden? How do you recover after this really meaningful, momentous chapter? Um, we'll just add in a few of these extra little experiences, near death right. experiences included to wrap things up before the actual wrap up. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think there there is no real way to come back after Culloden because that's like you know like the last chapter that we read it was the Culloden chapter. We were saying, man, I can't believe that this is this isn't the end. Like, how are they not? How is this not the end? How do you do this? Yeah. And really, ultimately, it is the end. This is just like the next couple of chapters, and even including this one, is more of just stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you can tell from the show when this was shot. Like, yes. And like what, how they had Sam lift the rock in one episode and like three episodes later they have the meeting yes. of the clan leaders and like the whole thing. It, it, this is a, a, the book is an interesting experiment into how editing editing works, the magic of editing and how they craft a story outside of what they shot, independent of what they shot. Uh, very interesting stuff. So I, I would love for somebody, and I, I guess we kind of did that already, but go through the book with the show and then point out all the differences and how certain things appear in certain orders in the book or the way that they appear in the show and compare and contrast them. That that would be interesting. So, all right, Marvin, you got anything else you want to say about this chapter? No, I don't. All right, neither do I. Let's close this one out, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> so very much for tuning in and your patience with us as we work through this book as we work through being parents in a pandemic 
um, with all the other podcasts that we do. As I said earlier in the podcast, please, please, please head on over to maryandblake.com. Make sure that you follow us, Mary and Blake, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever you are, Twitter, because we do share not only our Outlander podcasts, but the other things that we do. And um, really, that's that's basically it. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, Blake actually has a real phone call that he has to take. So I'm going to like close out this chapter and he's going to edit it somehow. You guys want to hang with me? I'll hang with you. All right. So um, let's see what else is going on. Bridgerton. If you haven't watched Bridgerton on Netflix, check it out. We did do a podcast. Maybe it was a prank call. I don't know. Blake is coming back. And now I'm doing a companion read along uh, with it for jointhenerdclan.com. We would love for you to be a member at jointhenerdclan.com. I don't know what else to say, Blake. <laughs> you need me to close these things out, I do. don't you? Yeah, no, thank you, everybody. I, I had to take a phone call real quick. It was for work. That is what it is. Oh, the, the joys of, of podcasting in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what today is, Mary? What? As we record this today, it's May the 4th. So, May the 4th be with you, if you will, for you Star Wars nerds out there. Mary and I are actually going to be partaking in some great Star Wars activity this evening with our children, and uh, I'm going to be looking forward to that. Here's a good question for you, Mary. Mm -hmm. If someone were to introduce their children to Star Wars, what do you think the appropriate order would be? That's a great question. It's one that you and I have tackled personally as we have watched the movies. Yes. We did theatrical release. I heard that there's some new order that's like you follow Darth Vader? Yes. What is this new order called? Oh, I will find out in one second. But like you start off, um, I think, ooh, with Rogue One or The Phantom Menace. Something happens, but it was this whole like disjointed. It wasn't theatrical release, nor was it timeline release. It was like some really crazy thing that I was not understanding, but... We won't do that one. No, we're not going to do that. It's it has like a special name. It's, it's like Manchurian. Uh yeah, it's oh man, what's it but called? But not Manchurian. Oh man, I can't remember it. Oh, the Machete Order. There we go. And then there's a Rinster Order. So the the Machete Order, it cuts the Phantom Menace out completely. Um and it's it goes episode Which is an absolute terrible idea if you are a fan of John Williams scores. I would agree. That score was it was legit. Or Liam Neeson. Um, yeah, I'm big on Liam Neeson. Who, oddly enough, as we circle back, Rob Roy plays Rob Roy. There you go. Yeah, that's right, Mary. Good job. Well, on that note, my name's Mary. My name's Rob Roy. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Outlander Cast.